fifty. Gives... You should know better. I know. But you think he'd learn how to talk by now? Yeah. I think that. Think and learn to talk in light Latin. Yeah. Like Yoda. Yeah. Little idiot. Hello and welcome to the Oncast. My name is Dom. As one half of the Oncast, I'm joined by Tom. Say hello, Tom. This is the way. This is the way. Tonight, we're talking about the first two episodes of Season 2 of The Mandalorian. Chapter 9, The Marshal, and Chapter 10, The Passenger. Yes. yes. Mainly because the world's broken and new things aren't coming out yet. Yes. we've. Um, there's one of, the, one of the reasons is because, yeah, we, we've taken this as far as we can take it in the year where the no movies are coming out. <laughs> Yeah, and we finally given up, and now we're um obviously we're watching the Mandalorian. We covered season one in one whole episode last year, um. So if you want to go back and hear our thoughts on season one, um, you can find that in the feed. Um, but this year, what we thought we'd do is rather than to cover it week on week, we thought what we do is we let there be two episodes at a time, um, and then cover them both in in an episode. Um, so we're gonna do it fortnightly and cover two episodes. Because uh, it basically is a Star Wars movie, essentially coming out every two weeks, which is great. What a fucking time to be alive! Much. <laughs> but it's good Star Wars content as well. Good like. Star Wars, yeah, exactly. It's not just a Star Wars movie that they shit out like the last one. Mm. It's and good it's not and being respectful to Rebels and uh, the other one, uh, the Clone Wars. Yeah, like it's not a kid show. I, yeah, okay, yeah. Like it's not like I know you what I'm. You know, like it's not a twenty-five minute done, sort of wrapped up fairly quickly, it tidied and explained in a childish manner, like as a lot of like, a lot of those ones are, because mm-hmm. they are principally like twenty-five minute. I know that there's a lot of lore in there and others, like they're exceptionally well written. Yeah, but it's not a cartoon animated thing. It's it's an actual physical present Star Wars. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and these first two episodes have been absolutely great. Um, yeah. So let's let's dive straight into them. So yeah, I mean, let's let's straight away get into the first episode. So the season premiere was an absolute banger. <laughs> yeah, it. It's, yeah, because you and I have sort of briefly spoken about this already. Yeah. But um, yeah, it kind of smashed it out of the park as being like a, a season opener. Oh yeah, big time. You know, it didn't suddenly jump in and be like, here's some really thick story and here's this and here's this. It pushed the story along, which is pretty basic. He's got to go and find the space wizards. Yeah, that's interesting. We'll we'll come back to that. We'll come back to that because there does does seem to have been a change in the quest between seasons. Um, But yeah, we'll talk about that later. but yeah, I think it it was a perfect like season opener because it sort of just reset the table and sort of reestablished where we were, yeah. who everyone was, um, and the the main thing that obviously you know, everyone talks about with this episode is the Boba Fett of it all. Um, so they basically they laid some proper fan service um, in and around a very much established Star Wars character that everyone loves, um, and that is like fan service done right. Um, but yeah, it was brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, it was excellent. Like so, yeah. To recap, it's sort of you know he goes back to Tatooine. Yeah, so straight away, like yeah, it, it starts off. You get this first opening sequence, which is great. Again, resetting the table, and it's him. Um, it turns out he's and this is what I mean about the the um, 
the quest changing. They kind of established that's another reason why this episode is really important. A lot of people have sort of sort of dismissed it and said, "Oh, it's a bit episodic," but it actually mm-hmm. already from the from the get go establishes that he's actually sort of going off on a tangent because he's not looking for the Jedi. The way it ended no. in season at the end of season one is that he was given um, a, the quest. He's been quested by the Mandalorian armorer. Says that he has to go find the people of baby Yoda, AKA the child. Um, and he's like, when she says that, she means Jedi, a race of enemy sorcerers called Jedi yeah. is how she puts it. So that's the quest that he's given at the end of season one. But when we come back into season two, the first scene is him going to this guy. Uh, they're running. There's a, um, like underground bare knuckle fight going on. Love between two, Yeah. Between two, um, Gamorian guards, which again, great little bit of like world building fan service stuff. Um, but he's not asking about Jedi. He's asking about other Mandalorians. Yeah. But isn't there a point where he's told that the the other Mandalorians, or am I making this up, the other Mandalorians will know how to find the Jedi? I don't think so. No, I think that that's what I mean about it being a jump. I think she literally goes, you know, that, so I'm meant to search the galaxy for a race of enemy sorcerers. And she, she just goes, yeah, this, how am I supposed to do that? She goes, this you must determine. This is the way, but she never tells him anything about going and finding other mm. Mandalorians. That's something he's added. Like he and he sort of says it in this first episode. He goes, "I'm trying to find other Mandalorians who will help me on my quest or or be able to yeah. guide me." So it's, he's added this extra step to it, um, which is interesting. Um, okay. See, I, yeah, yeah, I think I sort of projected that maybe. Yeah, well, maybe I'm wrong, but, I, but I've, having recently rewatched season one uh, and the finale, I don't think that was the step that was out because we were all under the impression that he was going off to find the Jedi, um, and she didn't yeah. mention this whole oh, and like if there was anyone, if it was going and finding Mandalorians, that's the kind of the plot hole in it, I guess, is that if he's going to find Mandalorians who will help him on his quest, mm. then the, the armorer would have had all the information or anything that he needed. She seems to be very knowledgeable about it all. Yeah. I mean, so I don't know what what other Mandalorians have that she didn't. Yeah, I don't know. So it is, it is a bit of a weird diversion. I hope they resolve it in this season. Um, but what it means is, yeah, this first episode they go, oh yeah, we, this guy knows about a Mandalorian. He's, I've heard of a Mandalorian on Tatooine, and like everyone in the audience, us, all the nerds, go, oh my god, what? <laughs> we all know what that means. We're just like, oh my god, they're doing it. They're actually doing it. <laughs> Because there's been rumours pre-season about um, a possible appearance by Boba Fett. Um, And, you know, casting rumours and all these kind of things going on um, about what's going to happen to do with Boba Fett. There was a tease at the end of season, in season one, where people have speculated that maybe that was Boba Fett, you know, remember? Because there was an episode last season where they were on Tatooine as well. Mm. Um, And there was a little tiny little post-credit sequence where someone turned up to collect... um, Ming Ya Wen's character, like her body, had been left in the desert. Um, and you right. just got this one little shot right at the end of the episode of someone who was wearing spurs turning up and you just saw their feet yeah. like, to pick up the body. And then that was it. That's all we got. And people were like, Is it Boba Fett? And we were like, Don't know. But now they're like, <laughs> And then the next thing you hear is, Oh, there's a Mandalorian on Tatooine. You should go there and find him. <laughs> I'm like, what? Yeah. A second they were like, uh oh yeah, there's a Mandalorian on Tatooine. I was like, oh, it's Boba Fett. Yeah. And then 
or at least Boba Fett's armor. That's like, do you know what I mean? Like we well, make that jump, don't you? Yeah, because I I immediately thought it's Boba Fett, and then as soon as he or as soon as the character appeared, I was like. That's, that's not, Boba, not Fett. Boba Fett. Yeah, but that's what's so great about like the casting that they did. When they, when the guy like turns up, um, standing in the doorway, like you say, you can tell the armor doesn't fit him. And they yeah. they made such a good point about like particularly with the armorer in season one, the armor that our Mandalorian Din Djarin is. So we'll call him Din. Um, the armor that he's wearing has been like tailor made for him by the armorer. Yeah, like if you're wearing Mandalorian armor, it's a special suit of armor that's been made for you. Well, yeah, because so, it sort of determines your identity, the Mandalorian creed. Because yeah. I think you one thing it. for anyone earn... that's not familiar with the sort of the same extent of Star Wars that you and I may be, mm. Mandalorians aren't a race. That's like a bit of a misnomer. Is is a Mandalorian is a creed, mm. and it's like a warrior culture. They were originally far back a race, but not in the same sense that humans or wookies or anything like that are yeah so i mean the, one I think of the of things them as that being they like have the Jedi. yeah yeah you can have multiple you know like we, i've never we've never seen um a mandalorian um that wasn't a human but that's not to say that can't happen because if you just if you you're a a foundling that gets incorporated into the um you know the, the creed then there's no reason why yeah. they can't have multiple species as part of the creed that's one of the things about them having like their armor, for example, mm. is the reason they don't take their helmets off is because it demonstrates they are Mandalorian and it doesn't matter what they are underneath the helmet. Yeah. It just represents that they are a Mandalorian. The only time they take their helmet off is in their own company and to nobody else. Yeah. Um, there, there are some things that they need to clarify with that whole taking the helmet off stuff. Mm. Um, again, because it doesn't quite square away with what we've seen in the Clone Wars. Um, and Rebels and some of the others because again Dave Lonely and his series his animated series did a lot to flesh out the Mandalorian lore yeah. um, and he is you know, heavily involved in this series as well so I'm sure they will tie it all up um, yeah. but the whole taking the helmet off thing wasn't necessarily a thing um, I think it's going to be like a religious sort of yeah I, I agree I think because there's, there's going to be people that are more evangelical about yeah. it and there's going to be sort of fundamentalist Mandalorians that are a little bit more extremist than say maybe like Din is a lot more extremist than Sabine, for example. Yeah, correct. Yeah. You know, so she takes a helmet off all the time and just walks around with just plain face. Yeah, exactly. And then yeah. you look at the way that um like Muslim culture, for example, with the way that the women dress and women are um the the way that they dress and more strictly in the sort of the Jewish culture as well. So I think that it could be like a, uh, I mean, they do describe it as a creed, not a religion, but it's, there's a lot of the stuff that sort of falls within them. Yeah. Um, and again, they, they've hinted at, like, there's definitely going to be a lot of delving into all that Mandalorian lore and history as well this season. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. they've hinted that again with the, um, the very, one of the final shots of season one was the um, Moth Gideon having the Darksaber, which is hugely significant. Um, mm. And we'll definitely have a story behind it in terms of how he got that particular weapon, um, because that is a very much a, like a, it's like if there's the equivalent of Mandalorian Excalibur, 
that can you know a weapon that can yeah. unite all the all the realm all the um all the clans of Mandalorians. that's what that is um yeah. so there's definitely gonna be a story behind that um but so yeah what i love like the first this first episode is just so it's so western it's like you know he comes into town because he's heard rumors there's a Mandalorian there, and then this guy turns up. He's, he's declared himself the marshal, and he's got Boba Fett's armor. We we can all tell straight away that's Boba Fett's armor. It looks beat to shit. See, <laughs> that's the thing. I didn't at first Did you because not? I'm so used to Boba Fett being a fairly slight man. You know, like they're not like Boba Fett and Jango Fett, for example, aren't exactly these particularly tall men. No, they fill the suit well, but they don't fill it in the way that fucking Timothy Oliphant does. Yeah, well, it's because Timothy Oliphant, he's, he's too tall. <laughs> no, he was, well, exactly. he's... And I think that's what makes it work. Mm. Because I was looking at it and I was like, that's not Boba Fett. Look, fuck me, it looks a lot like Boba Fett. And the whole time I was going through, I was looking at like little details and I'm like, well, it's got the pipe on it and it's got the little emblem on there and then it's got the thing on the, t- the upper left. Yeah, the colouring is right. There's like, it's, it's got, got the be. dent. It's got the dent on the helmet. And yeah, it's like it's got to be. It's got to be. And then, and then, quite early, they don't really. What's really good about this episode is that they 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 set things up and then pay them off really quickly. Um, so like, yeah, you get oh you, oh shit, it's that Boba Fett, and then like immediately the guy takes his helmet off pretty quickly, and you go, okay, this is someone wearing that armor. So that yeah. there's more of a story behind it. Um, and then again, like, so we get that initial confrontation between the two of them, which is just, it's awesome. It's straight out of a, you know, a, uh, Western movie with like the two guys eyeing each other up in a bar. Yeah. Um, which is exactly what, you know, what, um, the Mandalorian armor in the first place was, you know, they, they, the look of it was meant to be like Clint Eastwood. Yeah. With like the, you know, the brow, um, and like he's meant to be the man with no name. That's exactly the kind of inspiration that started this whole thing. Um, so it's great to see it in that context. Um, but then it gets interrupted by some big rumble outside. <laughs> and again, they go, oh shit, what is it? What is it? And I'm sat there going, everyone's like, is it Sarlacc? I'm like, no, it's not Sarlacc. It can't be a Sarlacc. Sarlaccs don't move. It's like, it's a crate dragon. I bet you it was a fucking crate dragon. And then again, they don't bury the lead. They do it very quickly. Like that after this, this thing turns up in the town, causes havoc, eats a bantha, and then fucks yeah. off. And then they go, "Oh yeah, it's Craig Dragon." Right, cool. Because yeah. we're, we're not gonna, we're not gonna keep you speculating for it. This isn't a, this isn't mystery box Star Wars. This isn't JJ Abrams. We're gonna tell yeah. you what it is. <laughs> like, we're gonna tell you what this is because we have got forty eight minutes to do this. Yeah, we got to, we yeah we've, we've got to wrap this up. Let's let's move on. Right? Yeah, you think it might be a cray dragon? You're gonna rather than let you speculate on it and just call it the beast or something like that, and then let you figure it out for yourself by researching on the internet. We're just gonna straight up tell you that's what it is. Yeah, um, and that's what I mean. Like they don't need to fanny around. They can just they trust you to know that yeah. there's enough fan service in there. You can go, oh, cool, that's a great dragon. Yeah, but it like, doesn't mean anything. It just means that it's the first time we've seen one. Yeah. Like, so for those of you who don't know, the, cra- the crate dragon going in at the first time is just like, yeah. You just go, oh, cool. Yeah, it's just a big monster. It doesn't matter. It's the perfect. Yeah. Again, there's some great fan service. So, like, I mean, the crate dragons. That, for those of you who don't know, we've never actually seen one in live action, um, apart from the skeleton of one that we saw, um, which yeah. goes all the way back to the original A New Hope, the the first Star Wars movie. There's a point where three PO is walking through the desert after him and um, R two have split up, and you just see this big, massive snake um, 
skeleton in the background yeah. going over a hill and that in theory like for whatever reason someone somewhere has decided oh that's the skeleton of a crate dragon <laughs> and that's it um and i think the other major appearance they had was in knights of the old republic the video game yeah never played it yeah so that and there is some significance to the pearl that we see that's like yeah. part of that's something that you have to go and retrieve that's like expanded law oh is, yeah there's uh, loads of stuff so that pearl's stuff i've read about because it's like um Oh, it's like a really not like a holy thing, but it's like this incredibly valuable thing yeah. in like the Tuscan Raider sand people law and mm. culture. And it's like spoken about here, there, and everywhere. And it's in like EU um, books and stuff like that. And you go, okay, that's that's why they're always doing this, and this is why they're moving. It's just a throwaway thing. Yeah. But then they put it in there, and you go, oh, I wonder what that's about. Yeah, but like they again, I think they could they could potentially come back to it because they they make a point of you know um, we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit here, but they they do make a point of saying that like the Tuscans have agreed to this as long as they keep the carcass, yeah, and then we see them pick this particular you know the pearl up and we're like they know something we don't sort of thing like if the if the if you knew how like powerful or like valuable this thing was you wouldn't have agreed to that sort of thing but they know mm. because they are the natives they understand this and they've been fighting great dragons since you know thousands of years or whatever yeah and it's like um expanded literature as well the what's it there's a jedi or a sith that has a kyber crystal which mm. are the crystals that power lightsabers that mm. came from a crate dragon pearl. Yeah. And it's like this ludicrously powerful um and like it the like older roars wand. when it um yeah, kind of. It like <laughs> roars when it ignites rather than like the Makes normal sense. sort of lightsaber ignition sound. It's like oh, a roaring cool. sound instead. And um yeah, it's cool. It's all it's all just like you know, it's all cake decoration really. But at the same time, like I don't think we're probably, I don't know if we're going to come back to that in any way, but I just think it's an interesting plot point that they put that in. They're like, yeah, why not? Let's just make a massive. Yeah. It might, again, have it might be... it up amongst the viscera yeah. of this corpse. Yeah. I mean, it might just be, that's it, but it might not be. Um, and it, like a great, like you say, they're great at doing these throwaway bits of fan service. So we mm. obviously the main plot of this episode is about, you know, taking down a crate dragon, which is cool. But again, it's all, yeah. it, and it's something that they've taken from the law, but then there's also bits that are just completely inconsequential, like um, R5D4. Yeah. Um, and they knew what, like, that's what I love is that they know so much, they know what they're doing. They know exactly who we are and like, that we're catnip to this shit. <laughs> like, and, but and what I like about it is that they don't labor those points. No, but they do. They, they like, so after the i5d4 thing I'm talking about, basically, there's a point in again going all the way back to the original Star Wars, um, A New Hope, and it's um, there's a point where R2 and 3PO are about to get bought by Luke's aunt and uncle, and they almost buy this other droid, this red droid, um, yeah. and then he, like his stack blows up, and like and Luke, goes, oh no, look, he's got a bad motivator, look, and that's the last you see of him. But then they that droid is in this episode, yeah. Um, and they they make a real big point of just letting you know because they like literally shove his the top of his head where he's got that scorch mark from that explosion 
right up into the front life center frame of the camera. So there can be no doubt. Again, yeah, no nerds, but it is him. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I love I love that stuff. Um, that's great. Yeah, and it's it's brilliant. And I like the fact that they're sort of. Um, I don't know. It's like turning up to a friend's house and seeing all the cool shit. Yeah. And being like, oh, is that so and so? And they're like, yep. Yep. And you're like, oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. It's not labored upon. It's not like you're not patronized in any way. If you notice it, you notice it. That's cool. This episode, for example, there's a few of those things in there. Yeah. You know, um, a, a not like, so many, yeah. but still, there are a couple of points in there. You're like, I like that. Yeah, I think this one, so yeah, in this first episode of season two, because I think that's the one from last season that got accused of a lot of um, sort of needless fan service when they went to Tatooine, where mm. they were just like, uh, remember, remember, lots of member berries. Where yeah. it's like, oh yeah, oh, remember the cantina? Oh yeah, I remember the cantina. And there was a bit of that, and it's a, that's a fair thing. But I think in this one, it does a better job of it. I think they do, because it, they make it story driven. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and also, and yeah, and they just, and like you say, they just subtly put them in, like even little things, like they have these like epic sweeping shots of the sand people traveling across the desert. But single. guess what? They're traveling in single file to hide their numbers. <laughs> ah, <Yeah. laughs> again, if you notice it, you notice it. If you don't, it doesn't matter. And it's yes, yeah, just yeah. That's what I like. That's yeah. what I really love about this. They're not taking the piss. They're not, like you say, condescending. No, they just, it's clearly people who really, really love Star Wars. Um, and they're not, yeah, they're not beyond taking the piss out of things. Or like, like again, it reminds me of like, the, there's a little throwaway line in season one where he goes, oh, I was really hoping to get home before life day. Yeah. Like, <laughs> again, you, oh, you guys know Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> And that's like bringing up something that is something that you know, most people would rather forget, but we're like, we know. It's the holiday special. Oh, it's fucking, yeah. It is fucking wicked. Yeah. And then, but yeah, I just, I'm just trying to think. Like, I don't, obviously, we don't want to just sort of beat for beat recap everything that happens. But one of the things that I like about this is it does, well, actually, one of the criticisms that I did have was that I was like, this all feels really familiar. Yeah. And it felt like a combination of the, like, episode three. Are you talking about the one with the mud horn? Uh, well, yeah. So episode, the episode with the mud horn, which is two, and then episode three, which is the one with, you know, rallying the village to yeah. fight the ATST and the other yeah, race. And you're it right, felt it like a, an amalgamation of that but on a much bigger scale. I think that's the thing that blew me away from it is that it's the scale and like the, the confidence that the show has in itself now. Mm. Um, and it is evident like immediately, like they and the budget is just like, just the scale of the fight at the end of this episode where they're fighting the great dragon is unreal. Oh um, God. Yeah. To, it's fucking massive. To a point where they literally like they, they expand the aspect ratio and it's basically, it's done in IMAX. That's how big it is. It literally cannot be contained by your television yeah. screen. Um, but yeah, I think it was just a, again, I know that because there are familiar beats, I completely understand that as a criticism, but I think as a, as a season premiere, that is often the way lots of shows do that. Yeah. Because it's more, yeah. it's establishing the new normal. It's giving you like, what do you, what do you expect when you come to the Mandalorian? 
Yeah, and I, and I do get that. Yeah, you expect you know, di- you know, Star Wars lore. You expect that, and these are all the things that you expect. Baby Yoda to be cute. You, expect, you know what I mean? You, these are the things you expect. Let's give them that off the bat straight away, and yeah. then we can we can save the more the heavier story stuff for later on. Um, and that's part of what like a very small complaint I have about episode two. Yes, and I think a lot of people like I've seen like I went in to watch it because I didn't watch it until this evening. Mm. Um, but I did see the headline of a review um, and it was like, even the worst episode today is still good TV. Yeah. But they called this the worst episode today. And I don't know. So I, my expectations were lowered as I was going into it, put it that way. Um, yeah. I don't I necessarily wouldn't... agree with that. Mm. Um, but I completely get, why people are getting, would be frustrated with the you know like the story not moving on i guess yeah that's part of like so let's wrap up episode 1 yeah um, um because yeah i mean you know as as you would imagine like it doesn't end in any way that you wouldn't expect it to end it ends in a in, in the way that you would expect well, and that's not to say that it's predictable but then something, and it, it sort of wraps itself up in that way that you would expect. And you go, right, okay, we're now going to move on. Yeah. But, but then <laughs> the, the close... The, We've got to talk the, about it, man. We can't not talk about it. can't not talk about it. But yeah, the, there's the, the absolute closing shot of the episode is um, Tamara Morrison, yeah. who played Django Fett and is now presumably playing the elder Boba Fett mm-hmm. appears on Tatooine in Tuscan Raider garb with a gaffy stick and a rifle yeah, and a bit of a messed up face. Yeah, he's scarred. He doesn't have any facial hair at all, no eyebrows, no nothing. Um, and yeah, it's basically, again, what I love about, so they, again, this is a, uh, I don't know. It was a rumor. It's something people have been asking for for ages. They wanted, they were like speculation about whether Bubble would be brought back into the sequel trilogy. Um, you know, there were fan films made about him coming out of the Sarlacc pit and all kinds of shit going on for years. There's books, but there's, there's books, books about it. There's like, yeah. um, even, and then some of the, the canon books have also set this up. So there's a series of books called the Aftermath trilogy. Uh, where we meet the the character who's played by Timothy Oliphant in this, and we hear that he picked up this Mandalorian armor from Tatooine, and we go, "It's Boba Fett's armor," but we don't know. Like it's never confirmed. Yeah. Now it's confirmed. So there's always been this thing out there about maybe Boba Fett could come not, back. It's not actually confirmed, though, is it? Because at no, no point has anybody said that's Boba Fett. No, that's the thing. That, and there are still that, people clinging that's on Boba to Fett's armor. There's nobody. You know, no. people are yeah clinging on to the fact that. Um, you know, the, I can't remember the name of the, the kid that plays Boba Fett in episode two yeah. actually campaigned pretty hard on social media to play the older Boba Fett. Yeah. I don't think that, yeah, the, the, the timing doesn't work out on that. Terminator makes more sense. Um, yeah. Like I mean, to he's my, 20 years older than Boba Fett would be, wouldn't he? But yeah. Um, I mean, to my mind, but then also he's a clone who ages rapidly. Exactly. Um, and also, also he's spent, been in the stomach. He spent some time in the Sarlacc pit. That's probably puts a few miles on the yeah. <laughs> on the clock, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, but like, I was I'm like I love I love the look of Boba Fett. 
Um, and what I felt about, you know, season one of The Mandalorian is that it was kind of like, it was fulfilling the promise of what we thought Boba Fett could be in terms yes. of this absolute badass Mandalorian wearing this armor. Um, and it's like, right, well, they they killed Boba Fett. He's done. He, you know, he died in Return of the Jedi. That's a shame. But there you go. We've got this new guy now and he's our Mandalorian hero. Cool. Yeah. But now they brought him back. And I'm like, given that this is, you know, people like the likes of Dave Filoni who did a very similar thing with Darth Maul in the Clone Wars. Mm. Um, he's kind of the equivalent of Boba Fett for the prequels, if you like. He's a very cool-looking character, but didn't yeah. actually do much other no. than look cool. <laughs> yeah. um, and then in the Clone Wars, they really fleshed him out and made him this amazing character um, with, like, with a massive arc um, and brought him back and, uh, and filled him out. And I'm feel, I feel like not to get too ahead of it, but that could be something they're thinking of doing with Boba Fett as well. Right. Um, like they, they, I have faith in them as like, if they're bringing him back, they're bringing him back for a reason. That's not going to be the last we see of him, obviously. No, definitely not. Um, and they're going to do something interesting, even if it is just because a, it, like, yeah, like you say, you know, this is a season where we are looking at, um, you know, Din Jarin looking for other Mandalorians. Yeah. And it makes sense, despite the fact that, um, you know, Boba Fett isn't technically a Mandalorian. No. He, you know, he wears Mandalorian armor and and he uses weapons that are like Mandalorian iron, also known as Beskar now. Mm. Um, But he's not actually a Mandalorian. No, but that's, that's kind of what's interesting to me about what they've done now with the whole Mandalorian... Yeah, being a creed and all the rest of it. I feel like being a Mandalorian swearing the creed is something that someone can earn. Yeah. Like I feel like I really wouldn't be surprised if and they again another character who I definitely think we're gonna see again from that first episode is um Timothy Oliphant's character. Yeah. Um whose name escapes me right now. But yeah, he was the um the marshal of this town. But I feel like he like was earning the armor almost, and I was I was half expecting mm-hmm. the, at the end of the episode for for Armat for Din to tell him to keep it because it's yeah. like he's using it for the greater good, like he's protecting this town, like he's actually quite uh, quite a noble character, even though he you know he seems like a bit of a, you know a gunslinger and a you know a scoundrel. You like him, um, yeah. But he actually sticks around this town. He has no reason to. He could have just booked it and got out of there. But he doesn't. He sticks around. He looks he after comes them. Back and frees the town from yeah. organized crime. And he looks. He looks after them. He knows them. Like they do these little like character moments where like I think it's the, a young girl when they're setting up the trap for the um for the the crate dragon just hands him some uh, some water or something and he says oh thanks and he remembers her name and it's like oh no he's actually a really cool really good guy yeah. and that's telling as well when Din makes his big play to get the dragon, which is awesome, by the way, using the jetpack. Yeah. Doing the no, the um, Jonah and the whale move. Um, <laughs> yeah. He he says, if I don't come back, look after the kid. Yeah. Which is, again, really telling. And it sort of says to me that, like, this guy, they could go somewhere along the line, down the line of going, right, you're worthy of being a Mandalorian. Or you know, of of swearing the creed and joining our clan, our current clan of two can be a clan of three. Yeah. But what that means is you're gonna have to. You can put this helmet back on again, but you can never take it off. Yeah. That would be really interesting if they did that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Like, I would like to see them sort of 
expand it a bit more mm. because yeah i mean which is like uh, yeah that would be a great way of us learning what the mandalorian creed is and what it is you're signing up for like by actually seeing it through you know yeah. it's the standard you know hero's journey type thing is someone who doesn't know anything about it being taught. yeah yeah exactly yeah and you he, get the um the the audience perspective of yeah. sort of learning how all these things work and how everything like this so, means this and this means this and like clearly this, you're proficient in the weapons and stuff but it's more than just that there's the you yeah. know the the philosophy side of it and you know the you know doing the right like because i feel like they are more noble than they let on like although a lot of mandalorians have we've only seen them as you know bounty hunters that's more out of necessity than yeah and what they're actually it's like a about. warrior creed yeah rather than anything else and we do see them as bounty hunters but only because we've seen Django and boba and yeah. mando yeah but now mando like you know immediately within the first couple of episodes he you know this whole thing started because he went back for baby yoda if he hadn't given a shit and that hadn't done anything, then none of this would have happened. It's only because there's something in him that makes him want to do the right thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we, and that is reflected in this new guy. So I feel like, yeah, he's definitely going to come back and could be a, a window into the whole philosophy of it all. Yeah. I think it's not, he's not going away. No, I think he'll be like the, um, oh, I forgot that Cara Jean. Yeah. Like I think I think she'll come back as well, but I oh, also no, we, think yeah, that, we know that, um, that she's definitely coming back. Yeah, I also think that he will too. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting if he like starts building up this crew of you know, it's Caradine was obviously someone like that. at the end when he got to the end of last season, he went and sort of rounded up all the all his mates to help yeah. him out. And I feel like he could be end up doing that again. Um but it'll be interesting to see how uh Boba plays into all that. Yeah. Um, is he going to be a friend or a foe? I don't know. Because I want, what I don't want is for him to be just the, 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 the bad guy equivalent. I don't want there to be a Boba, um, Din, just punch up and that be it. I want there to be a like relationship there. I want Boba to be like the renegade almost and be like, yeah, well, I'm no, I'm not a Mandalorian, but I believe yeah. in this instead what, and like him be the person that might start to sway Din away from that creed because he's, it's not like he specifically sought it out and chose it. He did it because he was rescued. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like I say, I feel like this is going to be the, the opportunity where they're going to retroactively make, you know, flesh out Boba Fett as a character and make him really interesting because mm. they've taken, they've literally taken the armor away from him. They've stripped his armor away and so now it has to be a performance by an actor, you know, Tamara Morrison, who's, you know, stretches all the yeah. way back to the prequels, ties everything in together. Um, yeah, and he's, he's a right, good actor as well. Like, yeah, he is. He's not just a guy in a helmet. No, and no, and they've they've purposely, like, distanced... No, they haven't they've just said, oh, this guy's got it. Mando then flew off with it. He can't get the armor back, Charlie. You know? Yeah. Um, he might try and get it back, but he can't. And I'm sure there's definitely going to be a... Um, some sort of flashback um, where we see how he got out of the Sarlacc pit um, yeah. and all the rest of it. But again, they that's, really diverted off, but I love, they set up that his return like really well. And I think I read a article um, earlier this week comparing it to how they brought back uh, Palpatine. Okay. And saying that this is how you do it. 
because right. like in in the space of one hour you've laid the groundwork for it and we were like when it when it did happen we were prepared for it we like we were already guessing at it because you did these little things first you had the armor and everyone was like is that the armor i think it must be the armor yeah it's definitely the armor and you get the flashback about how he got the armor and they go yeah that makes sense that would that's what would have happened to bobby's bobby's armor yeah okay and then you get little throwaway lines like oh um is a hollowed out sarlacc pit and he goes, there's no such thing as a hollowed out sarlacc pit. Yeah. What if something eats the sarlacc? And then we go, <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck. What if that's how Boba got out? And then it just, like, you think about it and then you have to move on because they're, they're talking about killing the dragon. But it's just it's in the back of your head. And then yeah. when you get to the end of the episode and he's there, you put it all together and you go, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. As opposed to somehow Palpatine survived. <laughs> and then here's Charlie from Lost. Yeah, Sith magic. Right. Uh, is, that, is that it, yeah? Is that all Sith we're getting? magic. That's all we're getting. All right, fuck you then. <laughs> like, again, contempt <laughs> for your audience. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> right over. But anyway, there you go. Angry pants. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know how I feel. Um, anyway, so I think that's pretty much it for... Uh, is there anything else you wanted to say about that first episode? Uh, not really, no. Um, I do always really enjoy, um, Mando. And like, I think I didn't really have any complaints about that one. I mean, I was a bit like, okay, we're not really pushing forward with this. Like, I like it when obviously, you know, story progresses story. And like, Mm -hmm. we did see that and it was a great intro back. And we're like, right. So he's gone to do that. And we found out it's Boba Fett even if that doesn't happen for the rest of the season, even if we move into other things that aren't Bob Fett, I would be happy with that episode. Yeah. You yeah, know, I would be happy that we can look at it another time. And if it ends, you'd be like, you know what? It didn't end, you know, we didn't get to see that much more Bob Fett, but we got that thing, yeah. you know, and it wasn't about Bob Fett. It's about Din. Yeah. And they've confirmed that he's alive, but they didn't, again, they didn't have to, like I wasn't clamoring for it. And like, if they'd, if literally we hadn't had the flashback of how he got the armor or any of that, if it had literally just been this guy's wearing something that looks suspiciously like Boba Fett's armor and he says he bought it from some Jawas and then it never, nothing ever, ever came up about it ever again, that would have been fine. Yeah. And that could be a fan theory that everyone's like, I think that's Boba Fett's armor. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Doesn't actually matter. Yeah. And you have internet speculation of people pouring over pictures and being like oh well the dent is in the right place and it's got the right markings on the breastplate and yeah but it doesn't matter to the story it doesn't matter to a to din or even to um timmy Golifant's character no like he's a character in his own right yeah he happens to be wearing some armor that he may have picked up from someone else that we was a previously known character but that guy's dead we know he's dead we know how he died exactly. like move on but it's it's the stanley you know comic sort of paradigm isn't it is that every comic book is somebody's first comic book yeah 100 percent. and the fact that you could just catch this this could be your first entry into star wars yeah you know um, it's but, ludicrous to think that but it could could well be someone's first entry into the star wars universe is seeing yeah. episode two episode one of mandalorian season two yeah um, so you don't need all that extra depth and yeah okay i was really happy with that as an entry episode back but i think having 
this is where we get into episode two having two episodes that don't really push forward too much with the story yeah unless something big happens in well i'm expecting episode three to be much bigger yeah i think they're definitely gonna i think they they can't not like they they generally speaking they, they pace it really well um season one i thought they they paced fairly you know they kicked all the story elements off then had a bit of a lull in the middle where they were just doing some episodic stuff whilst he was out on the run and then brought it all back at the end yeah. um obviously that's not the the route they're going down this time they're doing they're front loading some of the episodic stuff it seems um yeah. but at the same uh, time they did with this one a little well they didn't like this i don't know the the the, the start of this episode felt like an epilogue to episode one yeah it was yeah and it's like well yeah we put it in this one because we had the mic drop over that being Boba Fett. that was too good an ending to then carry on yeah so yeah, yeah this is this this is where the episode would have ended if we didn't if we weren't showing it off yeah and like to be honest that first scene didn't really add anything other than just the mandalorian again being a fucking badass <laughs> yeah just cold open of mando being a badass and you're like right that's how he got off the planet yeah and that's how he ended up without the speeder yeah um, um yeah yeah so he, he gets attacked by some guys and he just kicks their ass i just love the the, the whole thing is just summed up perfectly by the when uh, baby yoda just sort of looks at him sort of disapprovingly yeah, as he's and and Mando just sort of shrugs. It's like I'm a Mandalorian. I kill people. It's what I do. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> yeah, I kill loads of people. And then, but then the the fucking the lead off in that episode that yeah, like the kid is staring at Mando in that way, and then causes all this shit to happen because he yeah. can't fucking stop eating. <laughs> he's always eating. He always eats little. <laughs> He's constantly, yeah, he's always trying to just eat something that he shouldn't be eating. <laughs> That's like the one like character trait of Baby Yoda so far. He's like, they are starting to build him into more of a character than just a cute thing. But his one main thing seems to be, he's always eating shit. He's always putting shit in his mouth, which is what kids do. Yeah, it's exactly like, what They always do. eat shit and put, put shit in there. I fucking, I drank bleach as a kid, you know, like, <laughs> for fuck's sake. not even joking, like yeah. genuinely. That explains and, a lot, uh, actually. Yeah, it does. Um... <laughs> But uh, yeah, and it's just, it was really good. And it's like, right, that's the episode. Mando's a badass. Right, yeah. let's go into Tatooine. Let's move on. Let's go back to Mos Eisley. Yeah. Uh, and hey, look, it's the cantina. Yeah. You know, again, doesn't, really doesn't labor the point. No, not it really. Goes, this is the cantina. It go, goes past the two drinks things, which are IG droid heads, as well as, coffee makers as well as drinks dispensers in star wars yeah but it's like doesn't matter this is it yes it is that yes we are going to still be sitting at the same table as um han and greedo because there it's aren't the... many tables in there yeah <laughs> you know um and but again one thing it's... i'd like is it didn't it's like it didn't have a scorch mark on the wall no because like obviously they yeah, painted it. it was 30 years ago exactly <laughs> you know yeah. It's a fucking long time ago. Yeah. Um, and Galaxy far, far away. No. Oh, it's fucking... That's literally about to... Couldn't, couldn't not. I'm sorry. Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, yeah and there's, but again, there's a lot less to say about this episode, I would say. Yeah, I think, he, again, it sets up this thing where he, can go, he sort of resets his quest again. He goes, right, anyway, I need to find some more Mandalorians. Do you know anything? 
and then he and then he gets another lead about potentially some Mandalorians on another planet, and then yeah. the rest. That's the one plot element. That's that's again the thing that to bear in mind that although these episodes, like generally speaking, seem episodic and aren't really moving the plot along, the thing that gets mm. anything everything going, the impetus for it all, is always his quest to find more Mandalorians, which is to do with Baby Yoda. If it yeah. wasn't for that, then he wouldn't take on this. What he ends up doing for the, in this episode is taking on a, a cab fare, essentially. <laughs> yeah. He's giving someone a lift, um, but he's not allowed to use hyperdrive because um, this alien thing is transporting eggs and putting going through hyperspace would damage them or kill them. So yeah. he has to go the long way around. Um, and shenanigans ensue that's kind of it um but yeah you get yeah, a really it feels cool... very much like a bottle episode yeah it kind of is um like but... in so much as it's set in a one area it doesn't really progress the the overall arc of the story that exists within that season no but what i think what i appreciate about it as an episode is obviously there's there's an amazing um chase sequence Yes, which is fucking brilliant. And again, it's another one of those, another moment like the um, first episode with the Crate Dragon sequence, where the show is sort of flexing. Look how much you know. Look how good that we can make this look. Yeah, it looks that's unreal. That it looks I wanted like a movie. Like that was amazing. It looked like that a movie. Was so, so good. Yeah. And then there are scenes that are like, why are you using, like a dummy here that you're just wobbling across the floor. Like I'm sure that it looked great in, at the time, but because they blew all their budget on the giant, on the, on the space chase. Exactly. With the budget on the space chase and the, and the big worm. Yeah. You know, <laughs> well, but, what are you going to do? I'd rather, but, rather yeah. that than they, yeah, do it. I'd rather that than a CGI baby Yoda. That's the last thing I want. I'd rather than yeah. if the puppet looks a bit awkward at times, I'm okay. I can live yeah. with that. Like, and that's the thing. And I'm like, you know what? I'm okay with this. Cause we are in a Star Wars universe Yeah, and things do look shonky and weird. And you yeah. know, sets do wobble. Put, like we never saw, we didn't see Yoda's legs until <laughs> return of the Jedi. Do you know what I mean? No. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, and then basically that's it then. Yeah, and then they, they crash and there's a whole sequence. But what I love is just like, and I'll say this to you, this is kind of, these two episodes, it is almost exactly what I want a week-to-week Star Wars TV show to be. It's, you you know, you, you go out, the galaxy is a dangerous place and every week you're going to go to a different planet and you're going to have to deal with a different problem. It's going to, or you're going to have to, or you're running with, with the authorities and have to deal with that. Or yeah. there, there's problems with the locals, and the locals don't get on with the other the the other locals. So you got to try and mitigate yeah. that. And it's, you know you it's like, it and it's like it, they they are following very very typical tropes of like western and spaghetti western films. And they're like, yeah. oh, right, well, this is the Magnificent Seven, and you know, this is the episode yeah. of fucking Desperado when uh, they fell in a cave full of snakes. And then this yeah, the episode where this happened. And then that's what's this, great about it is that it's it manages to blend those two genres of like say a Western where, you know, you ride like literally in the first episode, he rides into town on, on a speeder bike and everyone's giving him shifty looks and it's something yeah. straight out of a Western. And then in this one, like, oh, stranger, yeah. I like your kind around here. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then in this one, there's a, like, a sequence where they're going into a cave on a strange planet. They don't know where they are. And there's a bunch of eggs and baby Yoda starts walking over towards the eggs. And I'm like, this is fucking alien. I'm about to watch alien. If, if a, ch- if a, Facehugger jumps out of one of these eggs <laughs> and gets baby Yoda, I might die. 
Oh dear. That's what it reminded me of. But again, that's that's the perfect blend they found where it's like, yeah, it is a Western, but it's also a sci-fi. Yeah. We're also gonna crash land on a planet where we don't know and it like he goes like the temperature's gonna drop at night. I don't know what's gonna happen. Like yeah. I don't know where this planet is. We got chased down here by some X Wings and now we're stuck. Yeah. <laughs> but also I like the fact that like uh oh, I can't remember it's the Trask system, I think it's called. Yeah. Um the Trask system is a thing that's historically been spoken about in Star Wars before, and it's like it's the next system over from the system that Tatooine is in, and you're like, right, so they they are paying attention, yeah, you know. And again, it further reinforces the fact that they're like, yes, we we know what we're doing here, like no. we are paying attention, like yeah. we're not, it. you know, we're not going to shout fan service and buzzwords, you know, we're not Ready Player One or the Big Bang Theory, yeah, you know, we're not talking about anything like that but what we are doing is going right we know what we're talking about and we're just going to go with it we're not going to labor the point yeah um also dave filoni yeah and he gets to play and again his second appearance yeah so that that's what i was going to say as well it's what i really appreciate about this episode is that it picked up threads and it was almost like a a backdoor sequel to the prison break episode from last season mm-hmm. because not only did we have um the reappearance of richard ayoade's um droid character who got some lines i never thought we'd see him again but he, he was back yeah. and got and got to actually say some stuff which is cool um but then we also got yeah the the rebel pilots one of which was played by dave filoni who we saw last season um and then when we get to the end of the episode it turns out that the events of that prison break episode last year mad yeah and it all you know everything gets paid forward and like they're making the right it's kind of one of those it's like a um you know it's a role-playing game type thing isn't it it's like if you choose not to kill this person then maybe it'll be good for you later on or you can kill them (laughs) yeah and your dark side meter will go up yeah it's mass effect but yeah exactly but it also it will improve your standing with the galactic republic so next time you have a run-in with them maybe you'll do better <laughs> do you know what i mean it's like it, yeah. and they really have thought about it and it's like to the point where they even name like the guy who was the uh the prison officer on that ship yeah they know they, they name him and say is that true because we had a report from this guy. And if you just shot yeah, him in the head... we checked it with this guy. Yeah, exactly. And if you had just shot him in the head, like everyone else on the crew wanted to do, then he wouldn't have been able to tell us that. And we would have just shot you out of the sky. And it's like, that's what I like. That like, Even though, like you say, it doesn't necessarily move the plot along, Yeah, it builds it on builds the, the world. It builds on I stuff. I would have preferred this to be... Well, saying that, like, I'm being... I think I'm probably being overly harsh. Because mm. I think that if this, you know... I'm probably in six or eight episodes time i'm gonna look back and be like you know what that was fine yeah you know but at the same time it is one of those things where i'm going i would have preferred the plot to have moved along a bit more at this stage yeah um a little bit further than we are and that's not to say that it was a bad episode because it wasn't it was really fun and it was really, I got to see a star, I got to see X Wings, I got to see a really cool moment where he's like, Wolf, can we change channel for a second? Yeah, that was crazy. And you're like, I know exactly what's going to happen here. 
yeah. but it brought a uh, massive smile to my cool, face yeah, the, the second it happened. The moment that happened was so fucking cool. It's because you know exactly what it means. And we're, we're talking about the X-Wings going into um, a tap position. Yeah. Like s is in a tap position. But they just it's, re- it's like really slow. and they, they don't pull back just yet. They're still level with him. And you just see out of the corner of his eye, they, they unfurl. And then the next one does. It's like, shit, we know shit's about to go down. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, that was great. And the whole, yeah, the, the, the creature stuff that they do in the cave is cool. Um, yeah. Where, and he goes on, and it feels like a proper horror film type thing where they're getting chased by these spiders. And it's just like this desperate, like, he's throwing everything he can at him. He's using bombs, he's using the flamethrower, he's using the guns, and they just keep coming. And there's a big one he's got to take out, and then another big one turns up. Yeah. It's like, yeah, this is Star Wars. This is Star Wars, John. This is this is exactly yeah. what I want. This is like Luke fighting the Rancor or any of the, or the Wampa. Like, oh shit! I found the, I've stumbled upon a monster. I don't know what to do. What do I do? Yeah, <laughs> and brilliant. Like, I had great time with it. I really, really enjoyed it. I just yeah. wish I'd have, there'd have been a little bit more I like. sort of story press in it. I get, and that's the thing. And it's me being a little bit spoiled because it's because Mando is so good. Yeah. Um, but what it's actually doing is it's it's build it's world building and it's taking its time and it's pacing itself in a way that it's not rushing through this story and being like, oh, in this episode's another uh, here's another Mandalorian and here's this and here's this and here's this. Yeah, it's going. This world is bigger than this. He's not going to fall into everybody's lap every week. Yeah, and sometimes and like it's going to be like, how's he going to get out of this one? Tune in next week to find out how he got past the big white space monster aliens. Yeah, I I appreciate that. Like they always make it difficult for him. Like he has a tough time. This guy, like you know, like the yeah. the opening of the episode, like he's riding along and he's in, on his bike. He's got the armor. He's got Baby Yoda. He's got the Boba Fett's armor as well. Everything's great, and someone yeah. tries to take it from him, and it blows up. <laughs> and like he has to fist fight his way out of it, and then he and then he has to walk like through the desert. Because someone just blew up his bike, and it's like, oh, fucking hell. And then someone does the same thing to his ship. And it's like he's always like, even though he's the coolest guy in the you know on the in the universe, he's always like down on his luck. He's always like getting the shit kicked out of him. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I love. But he always comes out swinging. As he well, always like... comes out swinging. He always finds a way. Like even the, you know the way they leave it off in this episode is like the ship can barely fly, so we're mm-hmm. gonna have to like I can pressurize the cabin. But we have to stay there. Do not go outside the door because that's space. Because there's holes in my ship and I can't yeah. repair them. Because yeah. again, like that's what I liked about the yeah, they he like tried to make a deal with the pilots and say, Oh, can you guys help me out? They're like, Well, no, we're gonna let you go. We're not gonna help you out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, we, we'll, we'll let this pass. Uh, but... How about next time I don't kill you? <laughs> 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 Shit, okay, fine fine yeah and again i appreciate that it's like nothing's easy for him because the galaxy is a difficult place (laughs) (laughs) fucking shitty place to be yeah um uh, yeah i love that um and yeah i have no doubt in my mind that in terms of the pacing of it and what they're going to do with this season they're they've got a plan and they know what they're doing and i have no doubt that like the the back end like the last four episodes are all going to be plot driven story you know putting the story forward and it'll be like a four part like because i've seen them that feloni does that even in you know the clone wars and all that sort of stuff particularly mm-hmm. in the later seasons and with rebels there will be episodic episodes that are just 20 minutes and don't really move the plot along but when it comes to the big stuff he needs like 
four episode, you know, part one, part two, part three, part four, just to tell this one story. Yeah. And it will end on cliffhanger and then you'll have to pick it up next season because it's too big a story to tell over right. one episode. And that's what I, I feel like that could be what they're saving it up for now, which is why we're getting these more sort of off the cuff. Um, but yeah, at the same time, they're setting stuff up for the future. The Boba Fett stuff is definitely going to be important. Um, and uh, Timothy Onslan is definitely going to be important. Yeah, and I really wanted to see quite a lot more. Yeah, and even and even like yeah, now that that running with the Republic is gonna, we'll see there there'll be something else from that, or like we've established a sort of uneasy alliance between him and the Republic, and if that's the only thing that gets carried forward from this episode, it's still something. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Baby Yoda keeps eating shit. Yeah, stop He's, eating shit. Stop eating everything. The fuck is wrong with you, kid? Anyway, yeah, don't know what else there is. That's the first two episodes of Mandalorian, so we're going to give it a couple of weeks, um, and we'll come back. We'll revisit and talk about episodes three and four. um, It will be it will be really interesting to see where they take it from here. I can't wait. Um, I love. um, I mean, there's something to be said. Some people are like, "Oh, I want it all now," and like, "Why can't we binge it?" I quite enjoy that it's coming out once a week. Gives us something to look forward to. Yeah. Um, especially in these troubled times, like as a lot of you know, the UK has just gone back into lockdown. Um, yeah. So this is going to get us through the next month, having a new Mando episode every Friday. Um, well, that's the thing. And as of this weekend, we're also going to be getting his dark materials. His dark materials, yes. So we so we've got are... that as well. And then we've got we've got some things coming up. But what we've decided to do is to do this in a way that it's. It's what we're regularly going to be watching. Yeah, and so are a lot of the people who listen to our podcast as well. We know that. Yeah. Um, so we thought it would be good to to talk about it and give it some time. Um, similarly, with his dark materials, we may do a similar thing for that. Maybe you know, do one for every couple of episodes. Um, mm. That is not as big as it. I, in my opinion, it's not as big as it should be because I love that show and those books. Um, but it's coming back for season two, um, and we have managed to salvage our old episode where we talked about season one of that show and the golden yeah. compass um so we'll put that out um at some point over the next couple of days the lost episode the lost the very the lost episode you got both fun. parts of that as well yeah nice i've done it mate it's edited it's ready to go Oy. it's locked and loaded yeah. i'll put i'll put it out on sunday when the premiere is about to happen yeah um very excited hmm yeah so there's that there's also some more stuff that we've talked about um on netflix movies and stuff like that that we were gonna cover yeah definitely Um, and they are going to be very much a change of pace from some of the other stuff that we've watched recently so prepare yourselves yes um but also there's another one oh you found another one cool yeah um but we will continue with the mandalorian because this is the way um, and we love this show and there's so much to talk about with it every week. Um, so it would be great to sort of delve into it in more detail. Um, and I have no doubt by the time we get to the end of this season, there'll be a hell of a lot to talk about and speculate on. Oh, fuck yeah. But we'll see. Um, but anyway, let us know what you're thinking about The Mandalorian so far. Um, send us you know, messages. You can find us on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, you can email us at theomcastpod at gmail.com. Yep. Uh, and other than that, we will see you on whatever the next episode ends up being. See you again soon. Yes. Hey, also, what? May the force be with you. 
That was cool. I said that in this episode. That was cool, wasn't it? Yeah. And also, but then I liked it was the May the Force be with you, and also with you. That was yeah. that's the bit that got me. <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right, all right. It's not Good even work. the full. It's not even the full phrase. The full phrase is "May the force of others be with you." But I'm, I'm splitting that. Yeah. Well, look. That's "May the force of others be with you" wasn't in "A New Hope." No. All right. Fine. You know. Yeah, but also in "New Hope," one guy calls her Princess Leah. Yeah. But we can't take everything at face value. Do you know what I mean? Well, exactly. And then you know, in episodes two and three, he's referred to as Boba Fett. Yeah, I, I've always said Boba, but a lot of people still say said, Boba. I say Boba Fett because that's what Han says. Yeah. So, and I also say Han because I'm a normal person. Yeah. My mother would be furious with me if I said Han. <laughs> it's Han, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right anyway wrap it up uh, right we'll see you next week guys thanks for listening bye bye yeah I didn't recognise the other guy what's that what other guy the other pilot oh no he was just jobbing actor number one wasn't he oh was he yeah he was just he was there to make sure that um Dave Filoni didn't have too many speaking lines. That's fair. God, he was there so Dave Filoni could look cool in the background. Yeah. Because I think the last time when they had the three pilots, they were all the directors, weren't they? It was like Rick... Uh, yeah, Rick Kamiawa. Um, Deborah Chow and Dave Filoni were the three pilots. Yeah. But this time it's like, oh no, we're actually going to need this guy to do some talking. Oh, fuck, right, we better get an actual actor <laughs> in then. <laughs>